Land acknowledgements are often presented in shared spaces where we gather in person. But on a podcast, we recognize that each one of us occupies space on Indigenous land. We call on you, our listeners, to acknowledge that Indigenous people are the original inhabitants and caretakers of this land and have distinctive and sovereign rights and responsibilities that are directly connected to the land, community, culture, and knowledge. With this in mind, please take the time to find out what territory you are on at native-land.ca and support our amazing Indigenous firecrackers like Tracy Deer, who directed and co-wrote with Meredith Vuknik the incredible film Beans. For more information about this amazing film, go to Instagram at Apollo Cinema. I'm Naomi Sneakers. And I'm Amanda Brugel. You really are. And this is The Blaze Sessions. Okay, Amanda, first of all, you look like a schoolmistress with the mask in the background Mm -hmm. and your little white collar, your little RGB collar. It's a yoke. A yoke. Beg your pardon. Beg your pardon. I had eggs for breakfast as well. Hey, um, I know that you're on a schedule, so I know we can't talk too long because you have a huge gig today. Congratulations, first of all, on booking this. Thank you. I'm chaperoning my children's school dance. Uh, and I'm I've just going to tell you, I did not get asked to do that gig, so congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is your job when you go? Do you have to serve punch and not put any, like, vodka in it is that the is that the uh, I, i'm selling sour keys i'm selling chips the sour rings the ring pops were a hot item they they went fast i'm selling doritos can we say doritos on this we, I don't think we just we did i think we can say anything it's our show um and also I, doritos might just send us a whole bunch of free doritos so send it away um so yeah it's very cute and it raises money for the school and the children are very cute post pandemic though it's a lot of fingers a lot of touching a lot of exchanging money and so i i i my hands are so dry so i i am clean just so both of you know i'm clean i appreciate that our our guests by the way is probably doesn't is not clean I mean, i feel like we're really at a very good distance because we're on zoom so i feel like it's gonna be it's gonna be okay But before we get into it, let's just hear a word from our sponsors. How about that? I don't know about you, but I love movies. I love all kinds of movies, all kinds of genres, all kinds of styles. What I don't love is actually making a choice. I know it sounds ridiculous, but there's so much. There's so much to choose from. Well, Real Women's Network has helped make that easier. Real Women's Network is a brand new streaming service that focuses exclusively on content created by women and women-identified filmmakers. Real Women's Network celebrates the unique and diversified female voices from all over the world, including Canada. They've got documentaries, they've got feature films, short films, web series in a variety of genres. I mean, really, they've got something for everybody. You can get a monthly subscription or rent content without a subscription. Thank you. That makes things easier. You can also find them on their branded apps on Apple and Android. So all the information that you're going to want is available at realwomensnetwork.com. That's R-E-E-L womensnetwork.com. Thank you so much, Real Women's Network. You're helping me make some decisions. And you're welcome, film watchers. And now back to the show. Um, I have to also say, okay, before you introduce our guest, very excited. I'm very excited. We we caught her a little um 
not off guard, but she had to deal with her dogs, which is a hint. Mm -hmm. And uh, she had to deal with looking beautiful, which was way too easy for her. And we're both pissed about it. Um, any, okay. Can I ask you just a little bit of background on the Amanda Bruegel process? Cause I'm telling you what this is for me. I made my hair. Walk, I'm never happy. Every time I look at you, I'm like, oh, man, she's gorgeous. And like, and I'm like, ah, oh, Naomi, you could do better. What's your process? What's your process of getting ready? Yeah. Like for something I- like this, or like, do you get ready every day? Do you like do the no. thing every day? Oh God, no, no. This is just for, this is just for this. Cause I know it's going on camera and I have an ego and, um, but, look at me. I, but I'm constantly checking it out. You and I both. And plus you've the got rest this of the chaperoning time. thing. So you have to look pretty for that. <laughs> the rest of the time. No, just, uh, no makeup, uh, yoga pants, mom pants, weird mom clothes. And yeah, I think it's why we like to do this because like when you go to set, you can get all dolled up or go to events, you can get pretty. And then in your daily life, you can look even more, um decrepit than the average person because we have a swing I just spit a lot but I used to think that when you went to set I was like I'm gonna look as decrepit as possible because then the makeup and hair people will be like oh I can't wait to transform her but really <laughs> what, what he would go is like is that your baseline well we'll just put some blush on her and then I I'd be like oh I go to the makeup trail I go to my own trailer and be like fix 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 I, it's uh, it, it's not great. I mean, I also tend to play characters that aren't as nearly as done as I am as Amanda, and so it's it's that's also kind of fun and cool because like some character for example, I'm on a show right now and they really do me up and I love it. But it's uh, on other shows, especially Canadian shows, they throw a little like mascara and it's usually someone who's been you know working in the business for a long time doesn't use new products. This is getting mean, but uh, yeah, I just how many rounds of pink eye can one do? I know. I know. And so then, do you go to the trailer when you've like been, you know, simplified yes. and go? I'm just gonna do a little. Like this is me doing my makeup this morning. Boop. Nice. No, 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 no. I don't. I, if I've been simplified, it was for something like Handmaids or uh, I don't know, even something like Pastorina. I would never. I would leave it because I love it. But if I'm supposed to look nice, like a normal person, and it's you know, a makeup person from, I'm not, I don't want to get mean. I know I usually re, retouch up my makeup and yeah, retouch up my hair. Here's the other thing is it's, I feel like it's only recently that the makeup industry in the film and TV industry, is that too many industries, but they've kind of been like, Hey, we should actually find uh, people of color to do makeup and not just yeah. hope that it works out. Um, I think it's getting better. This is something I would like to talk to our guests about. I think it's getting slightly better in which they're acknowledging that there's a shortage and there's acknowledging that there's a disconnect between, you know, the amount of artists or the qualified artists we have here versus the people um, uh, that are on camera. Uh, but I think we have so far to go. Yeah, pretty bad. Well, I mean, just quickly before we get to our guest, but um, you had an incident when you were on set with a, uh, like a semi-nude scene, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, they just gave me, this was not hair related, but they just gave me, you you get nudes, like little cover-up pasties for your body. And when they cast me, I knew I was the only black person in the cast and they just kept handing me white, like cover-ups for Caucasian people and I kept putting it on my skin and having to show them it was devastating and just kept having to remind them that um it's not going to work and they were so confused they wanted to spray paint it they wanted to it was just 
it was ridiculous. And it's just what we have to deal with on a daily basis that for the longest time it felt normal. Mm-hmm. It's only until other people started talking about it that I realized, oh, this isn't normal. It's not supposed to be this way. You're not supposed to spray paint like clothes. Yeah. Yeah. But you speak so, up. Hey, you speak up and you speak out. And speaking of vocal people in the world and yeah. in our industry, I feel like this is the segue that's going to play. Nice. Nice. Nailed it. It's, uh, well, this person, uh, in choosing this person was like, I think the first person on the list in just being, um, uh, just so smart and kind and funny and prepared and talented and accomplished, but also really teaching me personally a lot on how to navigate set and how to speak up with still kindness and authority without being perceived as a psychopath or aggressive or a bitch. And uh, yeah, she just, I really learned a lot from my time with her on set. So I'm going to get into her. She had a successful career in marketing and advertising for Fortune 500 companies. Yes. But then she she moved to New York to complete her MFA in drama at the New School University. She's a massive, had a massive voice career for uh, brands like Vaseline and the New York Lotto and McDonald's and in series like Doug Unplugs and Curious George. I, I love that she did Curious George so much. She's also a thespian. She's consistently worked on stage for theaters uh, such as La Joel Playhouse, Playwrights Horizons, the Public Theater, and she is currently starring in Black Odyssey at Classic Stage Company in New York. I don't know if it's been extended. I think it might have. We'll have to ask her about it. She's, get, get hold on to this. She's an NAACP Image Award nominee, a SAG Award winner, and most recently, a couple of weeks ago, a Canadian Screen Award nominee for her lead in a comedy performance. Um, you'll know her from series like 30 Rock and Orange is the New Black and Pretty Hard Cases. It's ridiculous. She is hilarious and loving and smart and wild. Wild. Everyone, hold on to your butts. It's Adrian Seymour. I'm holding on to my butt. That's all there is to it. Adrian! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, our intro was so long. It gave her time to change her top and put lipstick on. <laughs> Check it out. Check it out. Oh, gorge. gorge. How did you do that? Sorry, just Hi. listeners, we just, uh, you have to know that when we first saw her, she looks gorgeous. And yeah. when she looked gorgeous this morning, but she ran down to the salon and got a full makeover in the oh time. God. Is that a filter? I woke up like this. That's gorgeous. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. While you all were having your intro and I was completely embarrassed when I logged on earlier, I was like, only need to do a little something, something. So I just, I was like, I'm going to keep on just touching up things until they call me to come on, until they call my name. They look gorgeous. <laughs> Stunning. Last time I saw you, Adrian, we were sitting in our backyard. Were we having lobster? Were we being super fancy? It's so funny you say that. We had was it lobster? I, I don't no know. crap. You it kept was... saying you made lobster, but you didn't make. Oh, lobster look at that! I was face. Late. You Holy were like, crap. "Oh, the lobster's going bad." The lobster. <laughs> it wasn't no damn lobster. It was lobster tail. That's what it was. It was lobster tail. You know, funny thing is, I actually made a lobster tail um, that's in my oven right now. What? We'll be smashing that when we're done. Oh, my gosh. No, you didn't have a real lobster. So what do we have, like hot dogs and beans? You made a soup. 
Was it okay? No, I don't think so. No, it was. It was. But you did have my mouth ready for some lobster, though. I just feel like I wouldn't have given. If I'm promising you lobster, this is what I think, and I'm going to have to check. I'm going to fact check with Matt Barham because he gets so excited when guests come over, and I was like, Adrian's come over. He's like, we're making lobster tails. I'm like, no, That's a bit it was. Fancy. I'm telling you, it was a. It was like a pot stew dish you awful. you were you were playing with me i'm gonna go back to the text message yeah. because yeah, at yeah, one yeah, point yeah. i said i said thanks for the lobster okay. and i put it in quote okay. i have a, i have a question for you my first question let's start this off what human being makes themselves lobster at 12 o'clock midday this one the human being that buys it on uh sunday and it's like if this doesn't get cooked today it's oh, gonna man. go bad i'm with you oh. Okay. I'm with there you. Was, okay. There was no. I wish I could be like, oh, honey, uh, lobster. Yeah. Uh, that's just on a on a. Must Thursday. be a Thursday. <laughs> no, it's because it, it's already three days old and it's about to be bad. So, I hate. Um, I hate wasting food. I'm with you. I mean, the lamb that I bought also has to get cooked probably <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> lamb. But you have venison as well. What is happening? No, no. You know what it was. I was so. Long story short, I inherited another dog, which is a whole nother story. And I found myself. So you're a three now? Yes. And this guy is like four times, five times the the size and the weight of my two little ones. And he eats a lot. He eats two pounds of raw meat a day. Oh my God. So I'm at the grocery store and I'm buying the family size raw meat. And I'm like, these little mother effers are, are like eating better than me i know rufus too and so from that thought i said i'm about to go get me something nice good i love that so I that's love how that. i got lobster and lamb rat because i was like if they eating raw meat <laughs> yes. all right let me okay, ask you okay. you're in new york right now i'm in new I, york I'm, I'm currently on black odyssey oh man is it the time of your life because this is where you started you started in like Tell Can me. I just tell you, we've had some amazing people roll through here. Like we had LaShawn's la- uh, a couple days ago. We had, um, we had, um, oh, Andre DeShields who won the Tony in Hades. Really? Town came. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, uh, what's her name? Lynn Nottage was there really? last night. I mean, you're talking about icons of the theater. Yeah. Like, yes. Icons like icon but what's it like because this is where you started like when you left left uh tennessee right you're Mm -hmm. from tennessee you left tennessee moved to new york with like i'm I'm, this is what i've been picturing like a cute little suitcase and you're sitting on the edge of your suitcase going i'm gonna make it and then suddenly somebody literally let me make you a star literally (laughs) and really you start working in theater almost right away right in new york actually i moved to new york for graduate school um and yes in a way I did because I knew when I was thinking about graduate school programs that I wanted to be in a city that was vibrant with Mm. theater and the arts whether it was theater television film I just knew I wanted to be in a place that had it all at my disposal and so when I moved to New York I, I moved like a month before school started just to get set up, just to kind of, you know, get my bearings, know how to get around New York on the subway, all that kind of stuff. And my school, the new school at the time, well, they still do. They have a great relationship with um, the uh, 24-hour play oh, yeah. company, <gasps> um, if you've ever heard of them, because some of yeah. the students 
some of the students that graduated from the program went, you know, started working there and da 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 da. So they had remembered me from my audition and they were like, hey, would you mind participating in our 24 hour um, play? Um, at that time, it was like one of their like 25th or 30th like anniversary or something like that. So I was already participating in this off-Broadway show at the Lucille Lortel Theater with oh um, her name I'm forgetting, but Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell was in my, I was like, yo, I am doing it. I know. I <laughs> oh my it. God. I was like, this is my first introduction to New York even before I start school. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get paid, but you know, I didn't do it for paycheck. I did it because I was like, this is my first New York theater credit. Yeah, yeah. Theater, the 24-hour theater company, and I had a credit. Mm-hmm. That is phenomenal. Me my life, so, is that is that why, I mean, because you're known and a lot of people know you, absolutely know you for your work in series and in film, but is your is your love theater? Like, is that your absolute love? Theater is my love. It's my gym. It's, Mm, I mean, you know, the great thing about theater is I feel as though you always get a chance to do it again, to do it over, to do it better, to find it deeper, to go farther, you know, um, theater, I mean, television and film. It's like, you can do all that, but you got to do it today. (laughs) You got to do it today on this set cake in this scene because we're moving on from it. Uh, yeah. But I feel like in theater, I can always, I can always like go back to the language, go back to the story, go back mm-hmm. to what it is that brought us, you know, all together to tell this, this, uh, this, this powerful tale, this powerful mm-hmm. tale. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's what definitely one of my love languages for sure. So with your, the play that you're doing right now, are you feeling like, I always think that roles come to us to learn, to make us learn something about mm-hmm. ourselves. Mm. do you know what I mean is there something and also the process of theater right so you're not just like uh rehearse on the day and then by the end of the day it's almost out of your head this is something you're living in for months yeah what are you learning about yourself there (sighs) that I'm still evolving as an artist um I think a lot of times people think that you know you've made it to a certain um place or degree or area in your career and you've made it and I nope ain't made it <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that so like what does that mean are you like are you bumping up against that it's, oh I mean I love after it. you kind of get over the like oh I guess I'm not all that <laughs> yeah hey you know what I'm still shocked there isn't a sneaker street somewhere in the world yeah <laughs> once, so once you, you get, get over that once you get easier. over that hump and you're like, okay, but they brought me here for something. Obviously, somebody saw something in me, you know? Yeah. Then yeah. I think you can kind of peel away that ego of that mask and, you know, say, hey, you know what? I, I got into this for the love of it. You yeah. know, not, not to say that I, I reached a certain thing or I did a certain thing. I mean, that's great if you can get there. But I got into it for the love of telling story, for the love of, I mean, I tell this story all the time, the first time. I caught the bug, mm-hmm. you know, was on a stage and I was, it was the best Christmas pageant ever. And I had done like little dance recitals and things like that, but it was something about this play in particular as a kid. And I was just a little angel. I had no lines aside from like little chorus lines, but I got to be on stage the majority of the time. And what I got to do is look at the audience and I could see the expressions on their faces. Um, I could see their love. I could see their happiness. I could see their enjoyment of the script. And I was like, 
oh, I love this feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I love that I mean that what I'm a part of is evoking this, you know, from mm-hmm. people. And so I was like, I want to do this. And my mom actually reminded me um, a few years ago, we were just, you know, just having a conversation and she, a look back conversation on my career. And she was like, girl, I remember you used to have me running all over this city of Atlanta with your auditions that you were finding in the, in the, in the newspaper. And, really? And, How old were you acting. at this time? How old were I mean, you? So I, I tell, I tell, I, I blame my mom because so I was supposed to go to North Atlanta high school, which had an amazing theatrical arts program. I had auditioned, I had gotten in and everything. So up until about middle school, I was always somehow or another involved in the arts, whether it was like extracurricular activity or the school itself had like a little drama program or whatever. And my middle school did have a drama program, which I had auditioned and got into. Okay, here we go. I had auditioned and got into the high school, but my mom was like, um, you need to do something that's going to get you a real job. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I don't blame my parents at all because I'm grateful for their direction and their stewardship of my mm-hmm. life you know, when I was a child, because I feel like it definitely exposed me to a lot in the world, which lends itself to my craft. Yeah. But by the time I got to high school, the audition got in. She was like, no. Um, did you go somewhere else? I got into this math and science academy. And so I was there and I was doing math and science academia. But at the same time, I still had my little thirst for the arts. And so I was always in the newspaper finding like, you know, uh, whether it was like a monologue class or a scene study class or whatever it was, puppeteering class even. Oh my gosh. So I think at one point I was like, I'm going to be a model and was like doing runway. and I would find all these different things I'd be like oh mom can you can you take me to this address (laughs) (laughs) what do you have going on now and sometimes I'd be like oh it's a school project you know (laughs) I love that the drive and the love for it has been with you since such a young age but also that you were so determined Mm -hmm. like you didn't like even though your parents were sort of you know not not overly excited about you going yeah. into the arts that you still were even still trying to find find it yeah. because you love it that's someone who loves yeah. it to me they, I was, they, love they, for it. my dad my dad definitely was like whatever makes you happy Adrian do whatever makes you happy and so I'm grateful to him for always instilling that in me uh, my mom was always do whatever makes you happy too um, I think she was just on the more practical side of things and, yeah. I, and I, I don't blame them because I think I'm one of the only people in my family that took a stab at trying to have a career as an, as a, as a, as a, a professional career as an artist, you know, most of yeah. family members are blue collar workers, you know, they work in corporate America, things like that. Yeah. So, so the, the understanding of how to take a passion and make it your profession wasn't, was, wasn't, wasn't in their understanding at the time. Mm-hmm. And so um, and now they understand because now they now they sending everybody to me. Oh, you know, so and so's daughter is a writer now, and she wants to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, yeah, of course. <laughs> so that, now, that, so now I become the beacon of light. You know, yeah, oh, me. I love I that. Mean, yeah, I mean that's what we think of you as anyway, Adrian, the beacon of light. That brings me to a, a, a question that I think I've asked you before in person, but I want you to talk about it again, because mm-hmm. um, I can understand that suddenly, you know, doing theater and, and doing stage work, but probably and being able to support yourself, have them feel confident, but then landing orange is the new black. 
that probably changed everything. Almost, friend. Almost. Because remember, when Orange first came out, it was a new platform. That was my question. That's my question. What was that like? Yeah. What what was because we think like you and so what is it? I was like. (laughs) I can, I, literally, I can literally remember the conversation with my agent when she was explaining to me what what streaming was and it being, she was like, it's kind of like a YouTube channel, but they're they're doing what? original. Yeah, this is how she was explaining to me. She was like, and Gingy Cohan, and I was, so I'm like Googling Gingy. As well. I was like, oh, Gingy, weeds. First of my life. Yeah, of course. Love it. Loved her. Loved weeds. You know, all that kind of stuff. And so for me, I was just resting on the laurels of the fact that it was Gingy Cohan um, and at the time I only had sides. I didn't even have a full script. So I had, I didn't even have the whole script to go on. And then the fact that it was Netflix, which I was such a fan of the, you know, the red envelopes and Netflix was just doing it at the beginning. Yes. So I was like, <laughs> boom, I, I'm already, I'm already a subscriber. <laughs> that was the first series. Orange is the New Black was the first series I watched <laughs> in my hotel room in Halifax from beginning to end. Like at the end of the day, I went, I watched a whole series series what's going on but I like Mm -hmm. I smashed it it wasn't like there was no hesitation my dog had to pee I was like pee in the bathroom yeah I love you so much but pee in the bathroom my friend yeah but it was it was this it was this you know figuring out this new medium Mm -hmm. um at the same time but I knew I remember my first day on set by the time I came on they were already a few episodes in um so by the time I came on it was you know kind of well underway and I was meeting new people and they were like, they were like, yeah, these are the ropes, you know, and like everything felt like a regular TV show, you know, in terms of the filming of it and, and so forth. Yeah. And so on. It was just like, so how's this going to pan out on the screen? <laughs> and by that time, um, Netflix had just launched their first one, which was, if y'all remember. The, pr- um, the president, the president, the. No, nope, that wasn't the first one. The first one was um, not Hemlock. Grove. Oh, you're right. It was the one with the guy from Sopranos. Yes, he was yes. like a, um, um, Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. I forgot that was the first one. Yeah. You know what? Funny thing is, I actually was, uh, was asked this as a test question from a Netflix executive. They were like, what were the first few shows before Netflix? I mean, for Orange and New Black. Orange and New Black, everyone thought Orange was the first one. And I was like, yes. no, 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 no. I remember because I was looking as we were filming, I was like, let me see what, what they got out here so I can kind of see how they're going to do this. <laughs> let me see how they're going to do this. And so Lily Hammer was on. And I was like, okay, it still looks and feels like a real TV show. Cool. And then mm-hmm. after after Lily Hammer, it was House of Cards. That's what I was thinking. Oh, the president yes. one. The president and one. Hemlock yes. Grove. That was like their yes. vampire one. And then yes. Orange. So Orange was technically their fourth series to go streaming. Wow. But had you watched wow. Orange well, is the New Black the before that, you were on the it? One that broke the that broke the bank. <laughs> you do it, right? yes. But yes. Adrian, had you were you on? Uh, had you watched the show before you were on it? Orange, yeah. No, because no, like they was, hadn't they hadn't shot they hadn't shot anything. anything. I was a part of the first season, so yeah. I watched. Actually, I watched it before it aired on Netflix because I was good friends with one of the producers, and when we had ended the show. Right before we premiered, she was about to leave um, to go back to L.A. And she was having like a little farewell party. Lisa Denacor, what's up, Lisa? 
And um, she was like, hey, guys, I got the first episode. If y'all want to watch it. So we were like, yeah. So me, Danielle, Samira, Laura, mm-hmm. Uzo, Vicky, Taylor, Natasha, Selenis. We all like were at her apartment and we watched the first season. And the funny thing is, I wasn't in it. I wasn't in the first episode. So everyone else that was there, when they would see themselves show up, they were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, <laughs> oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. But I have to I have to go back just a smidgen because people don't even know about this marketing world that you lived in. Like, can you just tell me a little I'm I know I'm backtracking, but because I think that's such a big deal for folks to go from something that is secure, like maybe in the world of marketing advertising, to something that's not secure, like maybe the entertainment business. Can you tell me a little bit about that chapter of your life? Yeah, so I, my my background was in psychology, history, and religion from college. Did not, and I had done some internships during my college years that were like event marketing, event sponsorship, um, things like that. And so when I finished college, I had actually gotten a job to be a financial advisor, and I was like, that's really not something I want to do. And so I just moved back to Atlanta, moved back home in my mama's bed. a couple house. of fire pokes in your eyes. Forget right. About that. Trying to figure it out, working in, working in retail at Victoria's Secret. What? And one of the guys, here's a funny story. One of the guys that was, um, he worked in the stock room. His father, his father was Michael Eric Dyson, if you know that name. Because I was like, Michael Eric Dyson. What? he was a he was a huge he is a huge um activist civil yes. rights you know yes. each other, spokesman um and I was like I was like when, I remember when I met him I was like you know your your name is like the Michael Eric Dyson he was like yeah that's my dad I was like what so we began this conversation and lo and behold Michael's wife Marcia um was like a mentor and good friends with my first boss and I was like, I need a job. Like, I love this retail, but I can't do this forever. And so mm-hmm. she introduced me to this marketing, um, this mar- this woman who owned this small boutique marketing firm called Indigo Productions. And that's how I started marketing. And we would do event sponsorships. Like we were, I worked with the Coca-Cola company, the U.S. Army, Hilton Hotels Group. I mean, you name any of those big Fortune Fives. I would do big events for them. Like, so for example, one of our big events was Essence Music Festival in New Ooh, Orleans, which was amazing, God. okay? Because yeah. I got to go down there. I got to food That's- sample. I got to site visit, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but we would we would put together these big activations, sponsorship activations for these companies. And that's what I did for years. And so it really taught me the value of, and how I translated this into my acting, Mm -hmm. it really taught me the value of understanding your product and how to get it out there to people in a catchy way. I love that. That they could, that they could, you know, latch onto the idea of it, because that's what they're hiring you for, right? Take my idea, my product and sell it. Um, and so I, when I started acting, I had to think of myself as that product. The product. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, that's really interesting. That's brilliant. I was literally, I was literally telling this actress the other day because she is optioning managers and she's never had Mm -hmm. one before. They're out, they're optioning managers and they never had one before. And they were asking me questions about, you know, how to go about finding a right manager and X, Y, Z. I said, you know, the biggest, the biggest, uh, challenge that every actor, once they can understand this about themselves, they'll soar. 
because a lot of actors think it's just about talent. And don't get me wrong, it's important. Your talent is important. Your talent is your is your unique signature stamp. Absolutely. But what gets you to a place of just being that actor that goes out and just auditions forever, but never books, to finally booking and being a professional working actor is seeing yourself as the commodity and the product. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, it's like, I love to say that, but I hate to say that because sometimes when you get in TV film, you really see how the how much of a commodity you are. And you're like, mm. hold on, I am a human being here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't throw me around on set. <laughs> but, I'm so, but I'm so happy you said that because I don't think enough people acknowledge it, particularly women. Like, I think mm. we're reticent to think of ourselves as commodity or as businesses or as brands for a myriad of reasons. But I think the once you be, can, can sort of accept that, then you can take control of it. You're know, still an artist. Mm. I'm still an artist. I still love being an artist, but I am a business. I am a, I, I market this brand. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think branding do. means like it's dirty though. It just means that you know yourself. So if I you know, know you who know I yourself, am. you know your worth yeah. and you mm-hmm. won't let oh, people know your worth. I mean, that's because a, a lot part. of people, if you don't know your worth, They'll tell you your worth and they'll treat you however you, however they want to treat you. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also like going back a little bit to the ego world of like, why am I not booking all the roles of like um, 18 year old drug addicts? Oh, wait a second. I'm not 18. I certainly don't look like a drug addict. I mean, not in this, in a different version, maybe, but like, why don't I know my brand enough? So I'm not pretending that I can just do everything all the time. It's a little bit staying mm-hmm. in your lane world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Lorraine Toussaint, uh, who played V in our second season mm-hmm. of Orange, a formidable actress. I mean, I will say that was the beautiful thing about working on Orange. I got to experience, you know, actors that were very new in their career versus those that were very seasoned. And the ones that were, and I learned from all of them, the ones that were very seasoned, I definitely like soaked up every ounce of, of advice they gave. And one of the things that Lorraine would say to me was, you know, every actor must understand their wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah. Wheelhouse? And mm-hmm. you can go a little bit, uh, 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 you know, beyond it and a little bit inside of that, but you must know and stay within your wheelhouse. And so I've just been trying to know that, you know, and so that's what I was saying. Like I start this process now on this show and I'm, I'm, I'm learning and still discovering and still perfecting my wheelhouse. So I think that the life, the life, the life of an artist never is never at a point of you've reached the top. No. Impossible. Like I never, like I always want to be a, I always want to be striving to be a goat. I don't ever want to be a goat. Maybe yeah, no, I just that moment before. No, that's such a great point. But also, let's hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll get right back to that. I love clothes, and I think that's pretty obvious. But I love Canadian-owned brands, particularly, and it's hard to find them sometimes. But not anymore because Mick is a Canadian women-owned fashion brand that makes everything locally in small batches. And I mean everything, even their tailored blazes and pants are made from the same soft and stretchy fabric as their leggings. That's what they're known for, their leggings, and they're great. They're durable, eco-friendly fabrics that don't fade, pill, or lose their shape. And every month they host live online shopping events where the Mick team models new styles on different shapes and sizes right on their socials and website. So right now, Get 15% off your first purchase of any regularly priced items using the code BLAZE15 on mick.ca. Again, that's BLAZE15. And something else, this is a sneak peek from me, fashion lover. I highly recommend the Emily Blazer or the Sienna Blazer. 
the Lisa two leggings, uh, the pearl or the Steph open back jumpsuits. I could go on. There's some of the best selling styles there. You have to go check them out. Once again, that's mick.ca, M-I-I-K.ca. And now back to our conversation. That makes me want to ask you. So you, you, after this marketing gig, you found theater and then you hit this insane show and you were, it was a phenomenal. Yeah. Like you guys were everywhere. Can I, I remember when y'all were Can I say this real quick, Amanda? Because yes. I think a lot of people need to hear this point. I always try and include this in my story about my life because a lot mm -hmm. of people who are just, you know, working uh, in their office jobs or whatnot and wanting to transition into art, they were like, how do I do it? How do I do it? How do I do it? I'm a, I'm a prayer. I'm a manifester. I believe in those things. I believe mm -hmm, that you what you, what you want into the yep. universe. And so I remember I had come to this sort of standstill in my career as a, in marketing. I was like, okay, I kind of reached what I can do here. There's not much more I can really get from this. I wanted to really fully step into my acting, but obviously, you know, you're getting paid every day. You got your stability. You don't want to rock that boat. Yeah. Um, but I was like, if there's a bigger plan for me, God, universe, you know, then I'm open my I'm opening myself and I'm making myself available to it. And I was and I even said, I was like, I'm too scared to move myself. You have to move me. You have to make this mm -hmm. happen. And less than a month later, I got laid off my job. And I remember I was in my boss's mm -hmm. office and and she's telling me, you know, because they had to dissolve the company. They were closing the doors. They no longer going to be Indigo Productions. And I'm just sitting there crying, crying my eyes out. And she's trying to comfort me and tell me, it's okay, you'll get another job. You know, you're very talented, da, 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 da. And I said, I said to her, I said, no, no, you don't understand. This is an answer to my prayers. Yes, because I was too afraid of that time. I was like, this is yes, the sign. Yes. Because I had literally been having this conversation with myself. I I, I call when I say when I, when I speak of God and things like that, a lot of times I think it's the, the most edified version, the best version of myself that I'm like trying to achieve. So well said. So um, well said. And so I was like, no, this is what I had been praying about. I had been wanting this opportunity to step away from here, but I couldn't. And she looked at me like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really what was my transition it was not just me saying like I'm quitting my job and I'm going but literally I was like universe if this is if there's something more that you have for me to do yeah. you got to move me because I'm too yes. afraid to move myself I yeah but then yourself that. had to do the work for the audition like sure the universe yeah. gave you and that so door it was like, but I then... issued the challenge the universe responded so then I had to do the follow-through yeah yeah you couldn't mm -hmm. have gone like okay universe yeah. Work out for yeah. me so I have oh, a six yeah. pack. Okay, universe, no, no. memorize my lines. Where you at? No, no, no. <laughs> I still work. had to put in the work. I still yeah. had to put in the work. So I got coaches. I, I, I kind of went back to my roots of when I was in high school and I went back to the newspaper and I was finding mm -hmm. auditions and support that way. Um, and that's how I like inched my way back into into the into the community until I finally said, All right, now let me let me branch outside of Atlanta and and go to New York and go to New York and, yeah. and figure it out okay so I just wanted to add that so you were saying about orange no I love no I love that it's not really about orange it's I guess it, it's a follow-up to the, what you were just saying is that when you reach a high like that and then you move on when orange ended do you did you sort of do the same thing did you say universe what's next yeah, uh, where totally. do I go what do I do 
Yeah, like, yeah, I did. And I, and I, even now, because as you know, I'm yes. not coming back for season four of PHC. So I'm like, all right, what's the next journey? Um, yes. and, I, and I'm making myself available to that. I think that's a crying shame. Just so you know, there's nobody, <laughs> nobody in our community that think that's, that's okay. That property hard cases isn't coming back. It was such a funny show. You and Meredith had such awesome chemistry, the stories, yeah. the jokes, the balance between jokes and, and heart. So yeah. there's a, yeah, it's, it's a whole bucket we'll, of rock. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah. uh, what I will say, when, once you, yeah, once you've gotten to a high like that, again, it's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. I never want to think yeah. I'm of anything. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, well, if I had it that good, then what's the next good, good, good. And then the even next good, good, good after <laughs> that. So for me, I, I hope and I pray to manifest an even bigger and better and greater experience. And I was literally, so I've been coaching for this new project that I, that mm-hmm. I want the book. Yeah. And um, this character is African and I'm like, Lord Hemmers, I got to do an acting. Oh my God. And already I'm like discounting myself and humbling myself. Cause I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I know there's is that not, is that not in your out there. It's, it's, it is, it's ancestrally in my wheelhouse yeah. Yeah. and I need to reconnect with that. And that's exactly yeah. the conversation I was having with this person. Cause they were like, Adrian, it's in you. I can hear it. Mm-hmm. You have it. You just got to believe in yourself. And, and then they even said, and they said, they said, and, and, and believe this is only the beginning. If you can get this, then imagine what other doors will open for Ooh, you. Yes. Other things. And so I'm sitting here like discounting myself because I'm like, I, I, I messed up a few words within the dialogue that didn't sound, you know, so, so Ghanaian. And this person was like, this is only a little bit to the bigger picture. So yes. if anything, it just helps me get over myself a lot sooner. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm yeah. It helps I me get over the, you can't do this a lot sooner and be like, this is only a fraction of what is in store for you. Yes, I love I read, that. I read that when you went back to, uh, you did a panel at the new school as, a, mm-hmm. as a, an alumni and uh, they like roared, like they were, there was like some sort of Olympic Oscar winning roar for every, for you. Because do you remember this? And I read about this, but um, what, what do you think it was about like Black Cindy that rocked the world so much? Because it does feel like that character and your work on that show really stood out. I think what I try to approach in my work is authenticity and honesty in everything. Yeah. And so even in the flaws, I try to be honest about that. And so when I talk to students about my life, about my career, about my choices, I'm just as honest about the, the mistakes as I am about the successes. Mm-hmm. And I think when I talk from that perspective, people see themselves, they see, you know, what they did and, and okay, well, she did that happened to her too. And she managed to rebound or she managed to mm-hmm. you know, uh, recover. And so I think it's that, I think it's the fact that people resonate with mm-hmm. um, what is being said um, because it, it's from a place of honesty. It's from a place of truth. And, mm-hmm. and I always try to, I just always try to be that as, as hard, as hard as it may be, even for me, as I'm, thinking it and like, should I say this? Cause I don't know how people gonna receive, you know, the fact that mm-hmm. I was doing Orange is the New Black, but still had EBT card. That's, that's our version of uh, food stamps. Yeah. So, you know, cause I wasn't making the money. I wasn't making mm-hmm. the money in the beginning. Um, so it's, it's those kind of honesties and those kind of mm-hmm. truths that I think um, resonate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I was I was going to say that about you performing with you for three years, and so knowing and doing a, a like a a variety of scenes. We had emotional one in the hospital. We've had ridiculous ones. Because you played sisters. To, mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, we played sisters on Pretty Hard Cases. And what I was going to say is that there's um, even though the character Kelly Duff was sort of you know a badass and <laughs> on the surface uh, like street talking quick talking I don't know what the terminology is there's such a vulnerability to the people that you play because you as Adrian are such a vulnerable person Mm. and you really allow people in so I think that's the takeaway for me where I think a lot of people resonate with you it's also you tell the truth yeah you, you you tell the truth my my friends for as long back as I know I'm rolling my eyes because I'm literally thinking of one friend in particular who says this to me all the time um but my friends from as far back as I remember have always been like Adrian I can always tell what you're thinking because you just wear your you wear your emotions on your Mm -hmm. sleeve and Mm -hmm. it's so true like if I'm mad Mm -hmm. (laughs) you will know that I'm mad you know um I saw that about the lobster thing I did see it now now it's coming back to me No, but I think that's good because then, like, I do feel like you're somebody whose trained authenticity is coming out in your performance now. Yeah. Like, I don't. Uh, and I think I it's honestly, I think that. it's the fact that I gave myself, and again, giving homage and, and props to my parents, I think it's because, you know, they encourage me to experience life, mm-hmm. all facets. You know, they allow me to live abroad at a young age. Uh, when I was in high school, so I got to live in Spain and learn another culture and another language. And even that, like being in that newness of environment and, and people, you know, you, it's it's like you can't help but be yourself. Because when you're lost, you're lost. You can't be like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. no, I know exactly where I'm going. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, I just I thank my parents for always encouraging me to just soak up life. Mm-hmm. soak up life and people and so from that it's like I that's what I try to connect to you know I try to mm-hmm. think about things that I've experienced or that I've that I've that I've witnessed or heard or you know whatever and just try to be honest about okay what that what that emotion is but yeah I've always been a wear my heart on my sleeves kind of girl speaking of uh other cultures even though it's mm-hmm. not a different culture can you talk to me about sort of the differences you observe filming in uh, and working in America for all of your career and then making the transition to Canada? The difference in sets, people, Look culture. at your face. We see everything. Oh. You're not hiding anything. I know. I know. You're not very good. Okay. First of all, I love Canada. I, love I know you do. Canada. It loves you. I love, I mean, like, and y'all know the breakdown that I had, uh, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at, at the um, firecracker event? at the firecracker event just because it was so, I mean, the love was so real and so overwhelmingly like, I was like, I didn't, honestly, where do I begin? Because I'll I'll begin, I'll begin quickly at the beginning. When I first came to Canada in 2018, I was in in my terms, my memory, my first time, like my mom swears that I was there before, but I don't remember that as a kid. But as an adult, I remember going back to Canada and Toronto, okay, because I had a great time and uh, came to market. Mm. <laughs> yes, I did. Um, but I swore then. I was like, I want to come back here. I want to work. I want to live. I want to see what it's like to, like, you know, be in Canada. 
And so up comes our cases and I come, it's during a pandemic. So that was the biggest, I think, skew, right? Like, yeah, it was it was masked, you know, we had yeah. tests and, and I remember you could so much of the process, right. When you're making a TV show or making anything, it's about not just the actors, but it's the crew, it's the producers, it's, it's everything. And doing the show for the first two years with everyone behind a mask, you don't, you kind of miss out on that connection, you 100%. know, Yeah. to the point where I knew people's first names and everything. And I knew what their departments were or whatever. There were times where we were, Standing outside on a mass break, and I go up like, "Oh, hi, my name is Adrian. What's your name?" They're like, it, "It's it's me. It's yeah. I, I, I run sound." I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay." <laughs> um, so that that was like the the biggest like overall thing, right? It was just trying to be creative in an environment that wasn't really mm-hmm. supportive. And I don't want to mm-hmm. I don't want to put that on Canadian television. I'll put that obviously on COVID or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, um, Canadian television and I haven't been on a lot of television shows. I've only been on one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I filmed a couple of things in Canada at this point. Um, but what I know, it's a very small community. Yes. It's a very small community. You find that out when you're dating, huh? You 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 know you know who you date. Child, people knew where I lived. Like I met people, I was meeting people. Like, oh yeah, I know you're you're staying in so and so's house. I'm like, how the hell you know yeah. where I live? In? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is. So that was the first thing. But it's a very small community, and I think there's advantages and disadvantages to that. Um, and I think what the, one of the advantages, obviously, is that, you know, it's it's work and opportunities for those that are working. But for those that aren't, I think it's I think it's it's um, and this is the same issue even in the States. You know, mm-hmm. I just think Canadian television, because it's it's a little it's a smaller microcosm um, that you can you can kind of see some of the glaring challenges more more visibly. Yeah. Um, good point. Um, and so, you know, and the reason why I say that is because when when I you know, as we we're getting into casting for certain things, certain characters, you know, I knew directors wanted a certain authenticity of a certain role. You know, if it was a Caribbean person and they wanted the authenticity of someone that was Trinidadian, for example, and it was like, oh, get so-and-so. They're great with accents. Or it's like, or you could just find a Trinidadian actor that yeah. could do it. Especially you know? in Canada. Yeah. Especially in Canada. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so it's like it's like those kinds of things and those kind of conversations I was privy to in this mm-hmm. process that I was like, okay, you know, and I'm saying this as I'm trying to learn uh, a, a Ghanaian accent. <laughs> Just get a Ghanaian, you know. So it's like it's like two sides of every coin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And you all mentioned this earlier, but the other thing was the severe lack of support behind the scenes mm. when it comes to hair, in particular hair, um, makeup. Adrian, Adrian had the wherewithal to ha- have her own person, but like that's the first yeah. time it's been done, had her own personal hair artist be flown up specifically for her. And I'm saying this like it's a huge, you should be commended for it, which you should be because it was a big fight. But I feel like, <laughs> shouldn't that just be, Shouldn't that just be the option? Like, mm-hmm. uh, yes. And you know, I will say to Canada's defense, 
Thank you. There are people there that I've now, since I've been there a little bit longer, I've discovered. The other, the other concern is, is that, and it's the same thing in the States, right? The hours that we work, the creativity is different. And so you take someone who's typically working in a salon on natural hair, because that was that was one thing I was very clear with the producers about. Um, there there weren't a lot of women in television, lead black women in television that wore their hair naturally, like myself. And I said, and I said, I wanna I wanna be that representation for for black girls when they see them when they see me on television. I want them to see that oh yeah, there are, there can be leaders in a television show that are natural hair that are black women that are full figured you know that aren't this you know docile juliet type character but you know as as a commanding presence Mm -hmm. um that's why i loved working alongside you amanda working alongside alongside karen um and in this season of season three you'll really see a concerted effort to really honor the different cultures i think in general pretty hard cases did a great job at trying to honor you know, the diversity of of, of Toronto. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think in season three, you really, you really see how we uh, just put that full steam ahead. And I'm, I'm really proud that they, that, you know, if we were going to end, at least we ended on something that could be like, yeah, we rocked that. Um, But yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been, it's been interesting. And I got to a point where after first season, I wasn't, I'll be honest, I wasn't quite happy with how my hair story went. Mm-hmm. And so I said, y'all, would y'all bring somebody from America? <laughs> if, if, good. We if we can't find anybody else. You have to lead with these kind of America. steps though, right? Like by you asking that, that's a leadership role. And I have to say like firecrackers, you coming to our party at the, at the TIFF brunch, people are like, oh, okay, Adrian Moore is here. And there was a level of, um, l- there's a level of leadership you do without even knowing yes. it. So making a set, like making a, a choice or a suggestion of, can we bring my hair person from, from America is the next time they'll go, Hey, maybe we should make sure there's somebody. Cause we have people in Canada, but we have to make that move. We have, to make yeah. that mm-hmm. we have to make that move. And then we also have to make it, I think, appealing for people who do natural hair, for example, um, because mm. it's, it's just, it's a, it's a different, it's a different ball game. You know, like I said, they're used to, you know someone's sitting in their chair they do a little creative look and then that person goes and the next person comes sit in their chair they do it and they go in tv film it's about the continuity of it you could be doing that same hairstyle (laughs) (laughs) why do you think a man is wearing that wig right now hairstyle for two weeks and you got to make it look the same because people will be like "Mm." her part was like three inches more to the left last in the last scene that's continuity mm-hmm. listen <laughs> speaking of parts we have to part we do very good we don't want to look yeah we're never happy about saying goodbye but we're gonna do a, a like a wrap-up we're gonna do 10 um blazing questions and they don't have to be anything other than what they are but uh right. i sure no that's not true that. if you get them wrong if you get them wrong we just we shut it down and then we don't talk oh about there it. is a dunk tank wait, waiting for you unfortunately but that's it's, how y'all brought it to New York. That's how it goes. <laughs> that's how it goes. Okay, question okay, one. I'm ready. ready? What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word, can't. Ooh, I like that. Um, who, anybody, who would you love to work with? Dead or still alive? Anybody, anybody, dead, alive, both. Cicely Tyson. Oh, Adrian. I could see that. 
Yeah. Nice. Um, three words to describe your life right now. Total chaos, folks. He <laughs> <laughs> threw in the folks. Go, Amanda. <laughs> or something different every day. I mean, there's still, I, I mean, a math isn't priority for this game. Yeah, you did four, you did four fingers. That was like literally three words. <laughs> what, one thing that turns you on creatively? Uh, my fear. Ooh, these are good ones. What makes you feel, what makes you feel powerful? Surrendering. Um, uh, how do you think people see you? Ooh, that's a tough one because I feel like I, I think I, I think people see me some way and then they were like, no, we see this. So what I will say is how do I think people see me? Um, okay. I'll say it just because genius. That's what people tell me. Love it. Love it. Love it. In, in a short sentence, what is the best advice you ever got and the worst advice you ever got? The best advice, mm, always, always be learning. Never stop mm. learning. Always be curious. Worst advice, um, make it up as you go along. I don't know. I don't know if I necessarily believe in that. Right. And I think that was because when the person gave it to me, I was doing like one of my first interviews and I was, and it was with a big, like, you know, it was, it was with um, Tamron Hall. And I was like, oh, she's a big name. Like, I'm nervous, right? And they were like, oh, just make it up. You know, people don't know. People don't know your all your life. Just make it up if you don't, you know, whatever she make asks. Make up your life. <laughs> and I was like, people can fact check. <laughs> so, I think that whole make it up. If it does I'm gonna do it up. Next time I do an interview, I'm going to just use your facts. I'd be like, I was oh, born no, in Tennessee. I was working on a marketing firm. Go uh, uh, one song that moves you. One song. Um, mm, so many, um, it's definitely probably be in the gospel world. Cause I draw so much inspiration from that. Um, mm-hmm. never would have made it, never would have made it without you. I would have lost it all, but now I see how you were there for me and I can, yeah, that one. Oh, come yeah. on now. We haven't even talked about your beautiful singing voice, so I'm glad we got that little in there. What do you want to be reincarnated as? One of my fucking dogs. Because <laughs> they live the good life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes. all of it. <laughs> and finally, other than loved ones, uh, fans, family, friends, um, what would you give it all up for? Mm. nothing yeah I love that I knew you were gonna say it I know I knew you were gonna say it you're the only other one because that's my answer too I Mm. I love it I knew you were gonna say it Carol yeah I know my sister it's hard and it's challenging I don't think I could I don't think I would be satisfied no look what we get to do even the even the tough times mine was either I wouldn't give it up or pecan pie it's a really tough (laughs) You get and it. I get it. Right. I get that. I, 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 that. That is a contender. Adrian, this is so great to spend time with you. I, I really, I mean, when we met on set and then we're able to have a little bit of time together, I was like, oh, I just want more. I wanted, like, I wanted Adrian more. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay. Yo, why All did right. this girl, she was like, Adrian, see, 
more. And I was like, I get it. <laughs> oh no. I was like, you see? No, thank you. Uh, no, likewise, Amy. I just, I think you're incredible. You know, Amanda, you know, I think the world of you. I'm just so honored that I got a chance to not only work with you, but get to know you um, during this process. You. you truly and really are my sister. Um, oh, Adrian. And Naomi, you are my sister as well, even though, you know, the hues are different. It don't matter. <laughs> I can <laughs> change my filter. We are, we are human. We are human. Yes, and I, I love you also have this beautiful authenticity about yourself and this warmth that when I now have been in your home, I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah, it's real. It's a real thing. It's like, it's like, it's a, you have an aura and it's like, I saw, I saw the mommy in you. I saw the homemaker. Mm -hmm. I saw the wife. I was like, mm -hmm. like it wasn't already snatched up. Yes. I <laughs> might have to have a conversation on the side. Like, let me know if things don't work out. Well, let's make a promise. Let's make a promise. Because she us. got a job. She make money. She <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean. She got a cute smile. Oh. Let's make we a promise of three. We don't, we don't work together now, so I can say it. <laughs> let's just, like, come on. Let's just kiss. Come on. Let's just make up. Um, let's make a promise the next time we're in the same city that it's, uh, I'm making lobster and the three of us. Oh, make God. It. I promise. I promise. Pinky promise on the lobster. Okay. Okay. Look at your face. Look at your face. In the oven right now. <laughs> Adrian, uh, break legs with the, with the the continuing of um, honing and shaping this accent. You know you already have it in your DNA, so I trust that it's going to be amazing. Uh, uh, break legs with the with the continuance of the play. Oh and yeah. I just please continue to lead us. Oh. You do it so well, and you really mean so much to this you community. Too, even though. Sis. I Thank take, you. I take my, I'll just, last thing I'll say, I take my, my page from you and I will never forget how we stood up. Yes. For Nana on set. We had to shut a set down, Naomi, because uh, th there was a problem. They, they just didn't want to do someone's hair. They didn't want to put the time into doing our third sister. Our, there's a, there's three of us. They didn't want to take time to do her hair. So we rallied together. And it's the first time I've ever done that with an actor. And I would only yeah, want to rally Yeah, and I'm telling you, you, like, if I didn't love you, like, already, like, I was like, yo, I will ride or die with this motherfucker. Me too. <laughs> I don't know if this is a censor, but I was like, this bitch is real. <laughs> if y'all need to, y'all need to bleep that out bleep it out no, we don't, we we don't. Don't. we're keeping it in that moment i was like this is my real yeah. sister yeah. right here yeah me too <laughs> it was love, love you so you. much if i'm in I new york i'm calling you i'm calling you because i want to see your show your show your play okay well you got to come before uh march is out <laughs> all right all right you don't scare me just just a 10 hour drive to new york you know you know they have flights they have things called oh, airplanes. Right, right. uh-huh because I, I was going there during pandemic i wasn't trying to You're be on driving. a driving <laughs> look we but can talk Olu, forever Olu, she's got to go Kamara, chaperone a kid's thing uh, oh, what'd you say she's got to go chaperone her kids uh okay go chaperone the kids peace Ooh. out love you so Thank much you so much long, 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 long. Bye. Bye. I'm loving these discussions so much, Amanda. They I overwhelm me. They are overwhelming, but they're yes. so important to me. I, I, I really, um, 
I, I really wish that she was here more, uh, just because I think she could do so much for our business here, and not just not in particular specific to women of color. I just think women. There's just such a um, there's such a confidence in her skin, and, and in her uh, she's so articulate. Yeah, it's also right? like vulnerability. Like just coming to the TIFF party and being like, "This is big mm-hmm. for me," and going, "This is big for me," as opposed mm-hmm. to being I don't know just a facade and she's just so well-spoken and so okay so one thing you learned oh my gosh so much um do do you have something will I think about it and you can talk um I I learned that you're to never stop growing and I love just reiterating that she never really wants to Adrian said something akin to she never really wants to sort of reach the top she always wants to be climbing towards it yeah um and she never she just always to sort of continue evolving and learning and to be comfortable in that i love that like you're never just yeah. you've never just made it she's more comfortable in the place before that i like yeah that. I, I love the discussion about theater too about that being like your home and your gym and the place mm-hmm. where you sort of where we all cut our teeth and how to mm-hmm. go back there is such a re a reminder of of the important stuff about the art because then your opportunities of going deeper every night where you don't yes. get on film and TV, you get deeper yes. every take, but that's like a different yes. muscle. Um, I told you I did the workshop for two days and it was like retraining a muscle where I was like, ow, oh, I forgot I had these. We forgot to using... ask her about the person to shine a light on. Uh, Call her back. I'll get it. I'll get it in the footnotes. I'll get it. I'll get okay. her to do like a little video, but you give me yours. Uh, and, oh, just loose. Let's go. Amanda didn't even think of that. Okay, no, I thought of mine. So I'll t- tell you mine. You mine was Alana Harkin, who was, um, <gasps> right? The front of the atomic fireballs with Samantha B and the, the, um, Carver sisters. And then she went on to be a correspondent on, um, Full Frontal. But I mean, Alana's now like she's directing and she's been on tons of like, like, uh, sinking ship production shows as the mom. She and I played moms alternating and she's just like herself in every way. Like when she's talking to her kids, she's the same way. She's talking to a group of people, which is directing. And she just stands behind her advocacy, whether it's in her tweets or whether it's in her Instagram posts, she's just like a real powerhouse person. And uh, yeah, I love her. Do you know what I w- was thinking? This is a performer, not an actor. Well, no, she acts sometimes is uh, Brooklyn Heights, uh drag performer. She posted, um, Something that's not to leave on a sad note, but she posted something the other day just about the new laws being uh, enforced in Tennessee about yeah. just making drag and drag shows illegal and just how it's gone. It's, it's now to me gone to a place of absolute absurdity. Uh, Brooklyn's always been such an advocate for her community, but also just um, uh, such a kick-ass performer who's always wanting to produce here in Canada and come back home, has some things under her belt. So I'd say Brooke. We didn't even yeah. talk about Tennessee. That uh, would have been great to hear. No, I know, especially from Adrian. But there's too much to talk about. Too always. much. There's too much. Royal. We're spoiled. Time. I love you so right, much. I, I got to go with some kids. I'll be okay. back. Okay. I would like 40. a picture of you surrounded by children and the rings that you're uh, no, selling. We can't. I had to sneak that one of Aiden's. We're, you're not. You can't take pictures of people's kids. I don't know children's life. Do you think I have kids? Take more pictures of all my children. <laughs> All of no, them. I just be, All right. I'm just not allowed on the phone <laughs> to take a picture. I'll get in trouble. All right. I don't That's want you to lose your parent license. 
Um, Get out. Hey, just so you know, if you want more information about the Blaze session, hashtag the Blaze sessions or Amanda Bruegel or Naomi Sneakers, go to firecrackerdepartment.com. Follow us on all the handles at firecrackerdept. And don't forget to rate and review because that helps more people find this amazing discussion and more good luck getting through this one today this one was it was good even to the last 10 10 questions i was like bam 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 she's like knocking it out of the park knocking it love you the blaze session is hosted and produced by myself naomi sneakers and amanda bruegel Jennifer Morose is our consulting producer and cheerleader extraordinaire. Pal Carranza is our communications manager and content creator with support from Chelsea McKenzie and Morgan Walker. Original graphics by Vicki Briarbreer and Becca Buddygag. Anna Moroden is our firecracker of all trades with doing our YouTube artistic management, our newsletter, and also content creation. Jennifer Rowley is our amazing sound designer and basically editing wizard. Rebecca Gismani does our show notes and additional writing. Sedna Fiati does our outreach and consultation management. Shrishti Jayaswal is our video editor. Music by Sophia Canali and Arthur Kaplan. Big, big thanks to the entire Firecracker Department Actioneer team that keep this community going. That's Veronica Barton, Anita McFarlane, Pau Carranza, and Lisa Lafferty. For more information about the Blaze session or the programs, workshops, panels that are offered through the Firecracker Department, go to firecrackerdepartment.com and follow us at firecrackerdept on all your platforms. If you enjoyed our episode today, leave a comment or maybe something one of our guests said really like sparked some inspiration. We'll share this episode with a friend. And if you didn't like the episode, you know what? Just keep it to yourself. No one likes a complainer. Now go on out there, take some creative action, and then share it with the Firecracker Department community. We'd love to hear what you're working on. Bye for now. Hi, friends. It's Anita from Firecracker Department Writing Burst and Sunday Virtual Brunch. I just want to say thank you for listening to The Blaze Sessions.